uh, nine minutes before one o'clock. Amazon, all from uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or any of the uh, regular retailers. Right. And the title of the book? 99. And the title of the book is? Brief Encounters with the Famous, the Near Famous, and the Not So Famous. Uh, Ed Silverman, thank you so much. Thank you, and bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Ed Silverman. What do I pray? Dear Lord, thank you for the, uh, having the opportunity of being on the station. Thank you for our guests. Bless this wonderful Christmas week. Let us to celebrate you, Lord, for you to coming on the earth and allowing your son to grow, to heal, to save us, and to die for us. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, we're going to get into our first Christmas show, everybody. Hope you enjoy. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. From Hollywood, the Colgate Palmolive Feet Company, makers of Colgate Tooth Powder and Halo Shampoo, take pleasure in bringing you one of America's favorite actors, Edward Arnold, in a special Christmas story, The Messiah. <laughs> Tip or a metal tip, I'm happy. Yeah. Rochester, what are you doing? I'm nailing the tree to the floor. Good, good. Then it won't fall over. Here, Mary, you start with this box of ornaments and decorate. Okay, everybody. Hope you enjoyed what we did. And hope we're going to be with you Christmas weekend. Show with that. May the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you. And this is Yesterday USA. Love you all. It's time to call it a day. They've burst your pretty balloon and taken the moon away. It's time to The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and Danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end Take off your The party's over It's all over My friend 
Did you open in your present class night, Ron? Or what yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I got some. Yeah, I got some good stuff. You got sound effects last year. What did you get this year? I didn't get sound effects, but <laughs> I got some neat iTunes cards, which I love because when I need to learn a song, I just get it from iTunes, and and I don't have to buy the whole album. That's good. You know, I can just choose. Mm-hmm. Selection that I want, you know, mm-hmm. from any particular album. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's really neat. And of course, you know, something about old old time radio hobby. It's just like, like when Patricia sends me stuff, or I send Patricia mm-hmm. things. It's just like Christmas in October or Christmas in November because we get these packages and we cannot wait to open the envelope and to look inside what what kind of shows uh-huh. we got. You know, it's fun. Right, Patricia? It is very fun. Yeah. I mean, we, we celebrate 
Christmas almost every other month because we're sending stuff that we're all excited about receiving, looking forward to receiving. Yeah, I was really looking forward to Clyde Beatty. And when I got him, and the other one that was the six shows from that, um, Joe Gordon, Green Acres or whatever, Acres or whatever mm -hmm. thing was, that was fun. I mean, you know, it's all these different Christmas envelopes that come in summertime, uh -huh. fall, spring, just fun when the Pony Express brings over some. I've been using some of, not using, I've been going through some of the CDs, the Christmas CDs that you sent, and I've been listening to some of the Christmas shows, and it, it I, I didn't have, if I have them, I didn't know they were in my files. So it was really nice that they were collected. Some of them are not specifically Christmas shows, but they were all played at Christmas time. And see, and, and that's what makes, that's what makes this hobby or this interest fun, I think, Walden, because we, you know, we, we, we get excited, oh, we found some, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like Meet Millie, oh, you got some Meet Millie, yeah. wow. Yeah. It's a sharing hobby. It's huh? one of the hobbies that we can all share. It's a it's a beautiful part of the hobby. That yeah, and then and then and then what the beautiful part of it is, we become we unseen good friends. That we I mean uh -huh. we've never shook hands and stuff, or we never you know lived on a neighborhood or whatever. Yeah. But but we become like we've known each other for years yeah. now, and we've become close relationships. That's true. I mean, where would you find where would you find a hobby like this that you can have this really um, mutual admiration society one with, with another, you know, <laughs> and true. and somehow, and everybody's so giving, everybody wants yeah. to share, yeah. you know, that makes it beautiful, and when you get, when somebody gets sick, everybody's either praying for them yep. or let them know that we're thinking about you and we're pulling for you and, you know, and they never met, we never met, you know, yeah. But there's this camaraderie that is amazing. So I think for for us who are in this hobby, we celebrate Christmas all year round. We are very fortunate. I am so fortunate because I found all of this by accident. I didn't even know it existed. So this is everything is a gift for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you. Well, not to be gushing. I don't. I don't like to be gushing. I never will be. But, but you um, are amazing, Patricia, because you never really grew up in this. I mean, era. But then you are so willing to to share with so many people what you have, and expect nothing in return except thank you, thank you, thank you, or mm -hmm. whatever. And, and, and just answer my trivia question, and you ask, tell me what you want, then somebody will say. And you notice something, everybody? You don't walk out empty-handed. Somehow, she'll figure a way to make sure you're a winner. And she'll keep on asking you, oh, <laughs> another question. You get it. And then, so all, uh, next year, I'm going to say, uh, is there anything you want, Ron? Anything I could send you? Just send me your picture. <laughs> So you can hang it on the wall. I could send you a piece of paper, and you wouldn't know it. And then, and tell on me, though, wouldn't she? If if I'm not too happy with it, yeah. send me another picture. Send me another picture. Well, see, from my side, I get so tickled when I say, "Oh, I have that show," mm -hmm. and somebody on the other end says, oh, 
I've been looking for it forever. And then I get to send it and make somebody smile. I mean, that is just such fun for me. Well, so it's the gift of giving. The people who give get more out of it than the ones to receive. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, like when I found this um, Don Dumphy sports, mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to share it with Walden. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, because I know he's a sports enthusiast, mm-hmm. and I know how Don Dumphy really brought the picture yep. in your brain, a mental picture of how exciting... The fights were, you know, yeah. with low by blow description. And so it's something, oh, I know Walden would yeah. like this, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and you, Patricia, oh, I, this jazz thing. I know Ron would like this mm-hmm. jazz revisited. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You think about certain people when you collect something. And uh, if I find some rare detective things, oh, I, I'm sure Patricia would like mm-hmm. this, you know. So it, it's a wonderful wonderful uh, hobby or wonderful way to bring people together i think it's one of the few hobbies we can go shopping for and don't even have to leave our computers we don't have to buy anything and everybody can enrich everybody else and and, and in a lot of cases the 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 price is right we don't even get stamps <laughs> anyway, it's been fun. And, and you know what, Patricia and Walden, 2012 is coming upon us. Hooray! And I'm sure we'll have fun. I know we're going to have fun. Ron, before you go, though, I have to tell you how much fun I had, and I think Walden did yes. with your family last night. It was so neat to be able to talk with them, and I thank you so much for letting us do that. It, 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 my, it's, a, it's a reciprocal. My family, after they hung up with you guys in the living room, they were saying, Get Mama. I never thought I would talk on internet radio. I was on the radio. I went, and they were saying, I want to know who in different countries heard us talk. You know? uh-huh. They understood. How wonderful. So it was fun. It's amazing that we have 117 countries listening to us yesterday, USA, in a month. Really? 117. You didn't tell the hits yet. That... No, but that's, that's typically, typically when we look at um, the... Uh, the Light 365 box, it'll show that how many countries. Yeah, they show the hits. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. That's amazing. Fabulous. Well, anyway, next weekend is another exciting weekend. So we'll have look forward to next weekend. So until then, we'll um, say aloha for now, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Aloha and Merry Christmas. Mele kalikimaka. That's it. Take care. I knew that. You're so smart. I knew that. I've trained you well. <laughs> I couldn't say it again. I did very well with the second word, but when I had to put the melee in front of it, I got all messed up. Maybe I got all messed up. So, okay, d- does my firefighter show qualify for awful? It's definitely uh, a missing show. I would say so. You know, now, have you, have you, when I'm listening to it, I've wanted to listen to Anne of the Airline yet. I found one of those shows, and it might have been... Oh, let me see if it's in my... Because uh, I, I pulled the really awful show, and I've got some information. Let's see. Adventures, adventures, adventures. No. 
Oh, Anne of the Airwaves is not here. And I know I came across one. <laughs> Shame on me. Is it bad? I listen, Bob Wine played one or so episodes and asked for people to vote on it if they wanted to hear more, and they didn't get enough vote. <laughs> she didn't play any more of it. <laughs> um, Alright, let's see what I got here. U.S. Airways, Vintage Radio, Online Supply. No, I do not have... I don't have an of the airwave. It is airway, A-I-R. I think so, huh? An of the airway. It is, an of the airway. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kicked off at myself here because I know I came across one. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, apparently, I didn't copy it over to the file. So it's when, probably when I out there somewhere. Old computer, my poor baby. <laughs> I'm... I'm gonna get her fixed. Ah. Uh, I just, I, I just love this computer. Yeah. I want to let her go. Yeah. So I will bring her t when my car gets out of the car hospital. Okay. And when that'll be next week, um, I'll bring the computer in, put her in the hospital. The baby hospital. Yeah, my computer baby hospital. Oh. It's just such a wonderful computer, and she's been so good to me. And I like working on her, and then she pooped on me. So Tinder, it deserves a lot of Tinder loving care. She does. She does. And I take her temperature once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> she, still has, she still sick. Good. Well, at least she'll be, it'll get better. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Well, yeah. I asked you yesterday what year Christmas Club started. And we started taking phone calls, and we never got back to it. What do you, what year do you think Christmas Club started? And this is a repeat question because we had this information in July. Christmas, uh, Christmas clubs, right? Christmas club, right? Um, I think it's in, in the, I think it's nineteen in the nineteen thirties. Um, my first guess was thirty nine, but I'm gonna say that too. I, I'm gonna say nineteen thirty five. According to this, it was around nineteen oh five. Really? Wow. <sighs> I, that really took a lot of forward thinking on somebody's part to come up with that. In 1905, and people were on the farm. They were giving cows, for heaven's sakes, for presents. Well, make sure one of them, one of them start with lay, layover plans and things like that. Oh, the layaway. Yeah, I just, maybe those things go back that far back. Well, I would think layaway is probably something that is rooted way back more than 100 years mm -hmm. ago, where... A, a shopkeeper would carry a customer, and when the customer finished paying for an item, then he would get to take it home, which is exactly what layaway is today. You know, my uh, my dad's dad was in farm implements, and he pretty much carried the whole county. The farmers didn't have the money, but they needed the equipment to to harvest the food, plant and harvest the food in the, in the 1930s, so he would carry them on the books. And give them the equipment they needed. He was a good man. Yeah. Good but, man. Uh, but you know, but nobody. Uh, when he he died, and when he was only 44 years old, and nobody had any money. So my 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 uh, my fam my grand my grandmother had to move the family to look for work. Wow. You know. But there were a lot of people who would carry people just on good faith. Sure. Sure. We've had some of that information on different shows. 
the rent parties, that's the one thing that just jumps out in my head. Mm-hmm. Do you remember our talking about I rent sure parties? Do. I never, I never knew about it until you, until you did some research about it. I never, never heard of no. And during the Depression, when people's houses were on the edge, they would hold what they called rent parties. They would gather at somebody's house. They would bring food. It would be a pickup, like a the kind of community mm-hmm. parties that you would expect to happen in at that time. But they would bring one or two dollars. It was usually two dollars, and that was called a rent party. They would show up, and by the end of the night, the people whose house hosted the party would have enough to pay the rent for that month or the mortgage, but they called it a rent party. Wow. And I had never heard of that before. That's a great concept. You talk about neighbors helping neighbors. I mean, how many people had $2 to give away? I I know. I know. And they did it. But, you know, I bet it was a community effort because when somebody else was short, uh, you went over and and helped them out. That's exactly right. It's the old barn raising theory where everybody marched around in the farm country, and if somebody had a barn to go up, when it came time to hoist the walls and put on the roof, they had a barn raising Mm -hmm. party. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody rolled up their sleeves and helped everybody else. We we are missing so much in our society today. It's gone. I you know, and maybe I'm fortunate. I lived in a I have been lived in the same area, and a lot of people are from the Midwest. I still see a lot of elements in the area I grew up with. Yeah. But I think it's probably very rare. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you're right. In individual neighborhoods where people have been able to and care enough yeah. form relationships and long-lasting friendships, it still exists. Yeah. But it's in tiny pockets. It's, it's very not, small. It's not a... Yeah. It's, it's not an, I think we live in such a uh, isolated world in a lot of ways. I think that's why... Our family means so much in a way is you don't know the neighbors, uh-huh. but you know us. Yeah. You know the listeners. It's sort of the community effort, but it's just it's over the Internet. Now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think when we became, I know, when we became a mobile society and people were able to pack up the kids and the family and sell the house and move to a new community for a better job mm-hmm. or better schools, there was something that appealed to them in another community. And we lost the mom lives next door mm-hmm. type neighborhoods. Hmm. Okay, I have another question for you. This is not a history question. I was going to make this as a statement, but I'll ask you. Which state was the first in the country to recognize Christmas as an official holiday? That's a great question. Well, to pop up the mind, I'm going to go with the second one first. You always should go with the first one rather than the second one. I'm going to say New York. Was not New York. Was it Michigan? It was not Michigan. This just blew my mind. Wow. It was in 1836, you want more stuff? I sure do. You like this stuff? I love this stuff. I have loads of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm so glad you like it. This is like leftovers at turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Please, could you have some more turkey? Um, although, according to this, although many believe that the Friday after Thanksgiving is the busiest shopping day of the year, it is not. It is, depending on the year, the fifth to tenth busiest day. The Friday and Saturday before Christmas are the two busiest shopping days in the entire year. You know, I remember growing up as a kid that the day after Christmas was always the big day to go shopping. Well, that, that was a big day for sales. You're right. Yeah. I wonder if when they say the busiest, hmm. Because I think partly because people took back what they didn't want yeah. and exchanged it to a different size. And yep. I, but when I, when I look at the word busiest, you know, people are... People tend to be loose instead of literal with the words that they use. Uh -huh. And when they say the busiest day, am I looking at the most or the greatest number of people who are out shopping, or is it the busiest day in the cash register? Because the day after, yeah. they're losing money because yeah. goods are being returned. So I don't know what busiest means. See, we have we have to clarify. It's my business brain that says we have to clarify. Okay, so what else do we have here? Oh, Tiny Tim, we already did. You did Tiny Tim. I did Tiny Tim. You did Tiny Tim. First considerations. Charles Dickens, I never would have guessed these names would have come out of his head. But Tiny Tim could have been called... Little Larry, Puny Pete, and Small Sam. My mother figured Puny Pete would never fly. Puny Pete and Small Sam wouldn't either. Mm -hmm. Little Larry might have, maybe. But he was looking for a word that meant a diminutive. So we were looking at small, puny, little, tiny. Well, now, is this called alliteration? This is alliteration, and that's exactly what happened when you get two sounds in sequence, mm -hmm. it's alliteration. Okay. So he had two T's for Tiny Tim, uh, but it was it was the little tiny kid that he was going after, mm -hmm. and he had tiny, small, puny, and little. Mm -hmm. And those are the four words that are most prominent. Well, see, puny to me means weak rather than weak small. Well, Tiny Tim was weak. Yeah. And he, when you talk about puny, if you look in a garden, the, the plant that's struggling and isn't going to make it, you say, oh, that one looks puny. Uh -huh. So literally, it would be a good word, but it certainly wasn't something that elicited a lot of sympathy, you know? Sure. No. So it was the alliteration, and I think he just looked at small and <laughs> looked at his list and said, what what names do we have that begin with S? And he wound up with Sam. Oh, and back in those days, did they have dictionaries and... Oh, sure. Resources and all those things handy sure. by then? I don't know if they used them. Uh-huh. They were available, but I don't know. They, you know. The language was so rich. Yeah. And before the, even the turn of the century, it mm -hmm. was just so rich. And people used words that might not have been heard every single day, but they meant exactly what the person meant. There was no, it's almost like, or it's sort of like. It was precise, and we've lost that, too. Yeah, they were definitely wordsmith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see. Do you know how the Salvation Army collection kettle began? I do not. I did not either. According to this, in an effort to solicit 
cash to pay for a charity Christmas dinner in 1891. I do not know where, but we've got a clue. A large crab pot was set down. Oh, here it is, a San Francisco street. And it became the first Salvation Army collection kettle. Wow. It just grew from there. Wow. And everything on the Internet is true. Oh, I, to, I did not go to the Salvation Army site to uh, <laughs> see if I could verify that. Uh -huh. That's a great – I would never guess San Francisco. I would never guess it would be a West Coast thing. Uh-uh. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would have thought maybe Northeast. Yeah. Remember when uh, Joan Kroc passed away? She was the uh, widow of Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's. Uh-huh. And her, in her will – she gave a billion dollars to the Salvation Army. She made a good choice. Yeah. She made a good choice. It's yeah. a wonderful organization. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we've got a fun thing here. This is for Ralph. I hope Ralph is still listening. <laughs> this is a little story. Frustrated at the lack of interest in his new toy invention, Charles Pajot, I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Pajot, hired several midgets, dressed them in elf costumes, and had them play with tinker toys in a display in a Chicago department store during the Christmas season in 1914. Mm. Tinker toys, 1914. The publicity stunt made the construction toy an instant hit, and a year later, over a million sets of tinker toys had been sold. Wow, what a number steal. Isn't that, I mean, you talk about creative marketing. Mm -hmm. Don't have to go to school for that one. You just have to help this guy. Would you step over here and teach me what you've got in your brain? Ooh, good stuff. Okay, I have more. I'm all wide open and wide awake. So whatever really? you want to do. Next one is a tale. <laughs> it's, and it sounds true. I mean, it's bad enough to be true. As early as 1822, the postmaster in Washington, D.C., was worried by the amount of extra mail at Christmas time. He proffered his solution to the problem, and it was limited. His, I'm sorry, he, his, they miswrote this. His proffered solution to the problem was to limit, by law, the number of cards people could send. <laughs> Even though commercial cards were not available at the time. Christmas cards. <laughs> Is that true? Oh no! I mean, my gosh, he had he, he had to scrape them off the carpet. <laughs> most of his most of his paints were. That, that was one of the shows I listened to yesterday off yeah. there. The February Christmas card and all the paint and glue falling off the dear table. Me. Oh dear me! Yeah. That's the February show that I have pulled for tonight. I think, or no, I guess I have decorations. Uh huh. We put the. Christmas cards aside because that poor little thing got dragged from show to show to show to show and it never got played. So would you like another Christmas quote? Of course. All right, here it goes. One of the nice things about Christmas. Oh, I already wrote that. I, I told you that. That's the author unknown. Mm -hmm. I just didn't mark it as red. <gasps> Shame on me. Mm -hmm. Anytime I read something, I mark it in red because my brain, <laughs> I forget about it. <laughs> and I've got... Christmas history, mm. and we did that one, we did, um, 
first defin definite celebration of Christmas was in the year 352, and we had... Isaac Newton, the apple-on-the-head guy, mm -hmm. he was born in 1642 on Christmas. But this, you have to help me with this one. Silent Night, December 25th, or actually it was Christmas Eve, in Austria in 1818, and it's identified at this history site as the first known Christmas carol. Huh. Well, now, I know that they had a lot of Christmas songs. Yeah. For example, Wassailing was uh, old English. Uh, well, I think Away in a Manger and all those were written before. Before 1880? Uh-huh. Because some of those were written by uh, one of the famous Christmas credits to Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Luther. And I think... Right. He... And, and so, but maybe he wrote that and we sing it during Christmas time. And this one was written for the Christmas season. And the reason why it was written, just in case people don't know, the organ was broken, and they needed some music for the Christmas Eve service. And they had a guitar handy, so they wrote it for the guitar. And that's why we have Silent Night. Alright, let's see. First Christmas Carol. What can we... <laughs> Oh, they're trying to give me first Christmas movie, first Christmas card, Christmas carols. Therefore, this is considered to be the first. Let's see what that one says. According to ancient tradition, do not go away. This is Yesterday USA. Patricia and I are together on Christmas night of 2011. We, I know she does and I do. Thank you for being with us all year. Oh, goodness, yes. Yeah. Where would we be without you? We wouldn't be here without I you. I know. All right, let's see. Christian scriptures detail a world of spirits and nine choirs of angels. We know that. Mm -hmm. All right. Da, 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 da. Legend tells that Bethlehem, the people heard the angels sing one time in unison to announce the birth of Christ. The words thought to ring out at that moment were Gloria in excelsis Deo and the rest of it in Latin. Therefore, this is considered to be the first Christmas carol. Well, that, that's silliness. I, when I say that silliness, I mean this is, this is a biblical translation in, in Latin. It's a, um, an ecclesiastical translation. Right. You're saying it wasn't... It wasn't a Christmas carol. It wasn't a... It was... It was, it was um, words that were used. It was scripture. It's what the angel did to mm -hmm. announce. It wasn't... Yes. And it's it's a stretch. It's not quite the musical it's, it's not what nation we're, that we're looking for. Uh -huh. First American Christmas Carol. Um, first Christmas Caroler. First Christmas. Canada's first Christmas. The first Christmas Carol. Maybe what you need to my guess would to do uh, Google type in history of Christmas Carol songs, and that might give us. Well, I've got all of these sites coming up, but they're all they're all different. I've got the first Christmas Carol, uh -huh. who wrote the first Christmas Carol, the history of Christmas carols. Let's see why Christmas. Well, let's see. This one looks promising. <laughs> carols were first sung in Europe thousands of years ago. Well, excuse me. I don't think so. <laughs> 
Oh, maybe carols, you know, maybe not, oh, here we go, but they were not Christmas carols, they were pagan songs. Well, we don't want early Christians to part in pagan songs for Christmas, da 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 um, The earliest Christmas carol was written in 1410. Is that possible? I would not be surprised, I'm not too sure when Martin Luther took, was, uh, Hey, the church, the, you know, church and broke away. later than 1410. Let's I think it was after, uh, well, King Henry VIII was 1530 when he broke away and kind of, you know, you know, became head of the church. Divorced. And I'm thinking Martin Luther after that, I think. But, um, well, again, let's I don't know. see. Martin Luther, 1483 to 1550, uh, 1546. Okay. I okay. thought he was later than that. I thought he was in yeah. the 1500s. I didn't realize he was born in the 1400s. Okay. And, of course, he tapped his little yep. list on the yep. church door. That's Gee, right. Is. That's right. He was. And, therefore, we have the Lutheran Church. Uh-huh. And? Now, what Christmas song did he write? Did he, did he say? Pardon? Which one did he write? Did he write Away in the Manger? I'm trying to think what Christmas song he credited for. I don't think it was Away in a Manger, but because you're always right, I will defer. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's got to be it's one of those. I just it, don't know. It was know. one of the old ones. Yeah. yeah. You could be right. That could be it. Martin Luther Christmas Carol. Away in a Manger. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther Christmas Carol. Apparently, he authored several. Huh. Well, let's see what we've got here. Wikipedia. Wiki is always Correct. right. I'm a little slow tonight. I'm a little slow every night. Uh, no, I'm not. No. All right, let's see. Martin Luther needs citations, which means somebody hasn't come in and verified this yet. I think Wikipedia did a pretty good job. They do. It really, you know, we can poke fun at it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people really do a marvelous job of coming together and doing the best they can and putting information mm -hmm. up here. Once in a while, you'll get a wise guy who puts mm -hmm. stupid stuff in there. But, uh, you know, for, for the most part, you get people who truly do the best they can. Right. One match. Let's see. Martin Luther. Um... Carol's game, popularity, encouraging worship. This was. A mid 18th century. That wasn't him. Don't go away. Mm -hmm. we, this is like going to school, but we're having a good time. I know. I know. Next week, everybody, Patricia will be with me Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We don't have anything planned at the moment for New Year's Eve. We know Ron will play for us, so it'll be. At 3 in the morning, East Coast, Midnight, West Coast, on New Year's Eve. So, put that on your calendar. And I was, I was who knows, we, we just might have the family create the content. Patricia will come up with a theme. And she'll be with me New Year's Day. New Year's Day of 2012. Uh, it's so scary. And we've been doing this steadily now forevermore on Saturdays for two years. Uh-huh. Away in a manger. You were right. Wow. 
called originally the Cradle Hymn, which sounds okay. Uh -huh. It wasn't a manger. How about that? Oh, and a manger. Very good. Good old. Do I have to look for a date? It was Away in a Manger was first published in 1885. Huh. When did I tell you he was? About uh, 14 to 15. Yeah. Something. So they waited 300 years, huh? Yes, it says he wrote it for his children. Wow. And I guess it was one of those things. Thank goodness it got passed down. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we've, we solved that problem. I don't know what the answer is, but we solved <laughs> Well, I would say Away in the Manger is a Christmas kill, but huh? but maybe I don't know how they're defining why Silent Night the first one. I don't know. I don't know. I think there was probably more to that sentence than somebody edited it. Uh -huh. you, know, you get people in there and they change words and they change sentences. It could be the first known Christmas carol that was written for, was written for a cappella. No, well, no, it wasn't because they had a guitar. Mm -hmm. Written overnight, written in one evening. Right. That would work. Right. So, okay, we're going to cross that, that history list off. Okay. I'm not going to go back there. Okay. However, this one is correct. Christmas in 1914 on the Western Front, what happened... Uh, 14 not, on the Western Front. It was the, the not, it was Christmas Eve, 1914, when there was peace declared on the battlefront. That is correct. Um, German troops and the British troops agreed on a Christmas truce, yeah. and that's what it is known as, the and, Christmas truce of 1914. And the last soldier who was part of that just passed away within the last two years. Oh, dear. Can you imagine? That's amazing. That's just incredible, Patricia, to think somebody in our lifetime uh -huh. would go back to that. So even the ones who lied about their age, I mean, they couldn't have been three and four years old when oh. they went in, so yeah. they had to have some years yeah. on them. My goodness. Okay, now, this one is going to sound a little bit confusing, but it says the first successful test run of the system which would become the World Wide Web was done in on December 25th, 1990. Now, the web is different from the Internet. So it would, the yeah. Internet was already up and running, but yeah. the World I Wide think, Web... I think the Internet goes back to 1969. That would be about right. Yeah. It was in, and it was a, strictly a university-type right. system where they were... It was actually a network. They were networking, but the computers were at a great distance. Hey, I remember, I didn't use it, remember in the 80s, you had bulletin boards and Prodigy. Remember Prodigy was the big deal, and people would use bulletin boards, and they would go online and things like that. That was sort of the early parts of uh, doing things uh, on the Internet. Yeah, but originally, the the um, it was a university system. It was, it was strictly in the educational system, and the government was involved in the World Wide Web, in the development of the World Wide Web that was eventually made available to the public. I, you know, who would ever think, Patricia, know. how the World Wide Web have really restructured our whole economy in so many different ways? Restructured us. Yes. And family life. Yes. And living and countries and yes. governments and banks and, um... Unbelievable. Yes. And to think really? about it, it's in, if you think about it in such a short period of time. We're talking 21 years ago. Right. Incredible. Yeah. 
Just incredible. Well, I have some fun stuff. You want some fun stuff Ab before we do our interview? Absolutely. What do you got? I have. I came across somebody who agrees with us about Dr. Danfield. <laughs> was at a radio website. It has radio shows. It might even be the, the show that I gave out earlier, and uh -huh. I'll give it out again. The website. Right. Under Danger Dr. Danfield, it starts with Dr. Daniel Danfield was an obnoxious, unlicensed private investigator, criminal psychologist with an ego complex, and the title character of perhaps the worst radio detective series ever, Danger Dr. Danfield. Oh, good grief. He gave the entire genre of the radio detective a bad name. If there's a worst one, I haven't heard it. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Oh, man. There are two more paragraphs. Would you like them? Of course. I mean, can you imagine? Some, uh, this is so good. He, he needed to get this out, out of his system. Uh-huh. In what probably is the first episode, show dates of the serial are unknown. It's, the title of it is Hazel and the Count. Danfield manages to be insulting, obnoxious, conceited, and condescending to his host. <laughs> All of this in a conversation of less than two minutes. Mm. This particular episode has my vote for the worst single episode of any radio detective series. The acting is bad, the writing is worst, <laughs> and the announcer manages to blow the show's title and starts laughing. <laughs> I have to find that one. You need to, Patricia. That should be a nominated show. Oh, my goodness. I have a collection of Dr. Danfield. I'll have to go back and, and check. And now, you have a clue. There. now you have a clue for which one this is. Uh, all right. Now it says, try saying it rapidly three times. Now the title of that was Hazel and the Count, Hazel and the Count, Hazel and the Count. I guess Hazel and the Count. I don't know. I've, he must have really messed it up. I, well, I, also, try to say Danger Dr. Danfield. That, that can be tough. That one would be tough. Mm -hmm. All right, paragraph three. This series consistently featured one of the worst acting and writing of any detective show to reach the airwaves. Mm. The show had a formula with the crime usually being committed in the, third, in the first third of the program, mm -hmm. the good doctor solving it in the second third, mm -hmm. and then pedantically explaining the solution to someone, usually, and this is in quotation marks, his pretty young secretary, Rusty, in the conclusion, why Rusty would put up with this guy is beyond me. In this case, love is not only blind, but also deaf and dumb. <laughs> this guy is good. But then, Rusty was no prize package either. Too bad one of the bad guys wasn't able to rub both of them out. Okay. Unfortunately, these crooks were incredibly inept. <laughs> the end. Isn't that fun? That's great. Isn't it nice to know that somebody agrees with us? <laughs> Poor, uh, I can't possibly pass this on to Frank. <laughs> what, what, now, Frank, we're talking about Frank Brzee, and Frank likes... He thinks that's a good show, and he enjoys listening to it, mm -hmm. which uh, obviously other people did as well, or it wouldn't have stayed on the radio. So who, 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 who are we talking to? Hello there, you're on the air. I just had to call you back one more time. Oh, good. You were just talking about the origin of the Internet and so on? Uh-huh. Uh, one of the shows you sent me, Dimension X, uh-huh, had a show called A Logic Named Joe. 
Yeah, I think that's an X minus one title, if I recall. Well, uh, well, it was on the Dimension X. Oh, okay. CD. Um, July or so of 1950. Right. Mm -hmm. And you should listen to it. It's absolutely amazing because they were selling radio units that could answer any question <laughs> and they had plates with answers on them and if you ask a bad question like how do I murder someone it would respond oh that's restricted information and <laughs> won't answer that but then a kid got a hold of it and uh, he found a way to get his particular radio to answer questions and then it exploded my point was just the whole concept yeah. of having a source of information any information you wanted ever mm -hmm was predicted in 1950. Well, I, I believe it was predicted a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah, just think, I mean, mostly there's nuclear bomb information on the internet. People, if somebody wanted to make their own nuclear bomb, they could, sure. they could look it up. Oh, sure, you can make all sorts of bombs with information. Can you imagine? I'm so afraid of Homeland Security, I won't even look. <laughs> oh. I don't want them at my door. You should, you should uh, have, uh, if you didn't, you should have watched the news this morning. Uh, TSA recently confiscated uh, cupcakes. Oh, I heard about this. <laughs> I heard about this. And and the guy, the pastor, offered it to Stuart that they could uh, let, let her eat them. But they refused, but they decided to confiscate the cupcakes. Could, 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 we, could we do this from the top? Who did what? An airline. Which one was it, Dennis? Was it um, American or one of the airlines? They didn't say it was an airline. They just said it was uh, the security people. Right. Decided to not allow a passenger to take cupcakes onto an airplane. Because the frosting was considered a fluid and could be made into an explosive. You have got to be. So I know he, you're not. So he offered... This is, this is not a New Year's joke. No. He offered... The security to eat them, and they, but they decided to compensate them anyway. That was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And this formerly employed person is where? Do we know? <laughs> no, they didn't go into it. <laughs> he, he is they, they did have a representative from the TSA uh, come on and say, and he he was just kind of smiling and going. Well, you know, we have to be careful. <laughs> there are times when indefensible, somebody should not attempt to defend the indefensible. How awful. Well, I do thank you, sir. But anyway. Um, of information for us. Thank you. In, in any event, uh, if, if you haven't listened to um, a logic named Joe, you ought to because... I was I was just in awe. Yeah. It, it was it was very impressive in the detail 
of the response of all the people involved, like, you know, the people who were running these, these logics was what they called them, that they were selling, and how information that was dangerous and bad was getting out, and what are they going to do about it, and they're all running around in circles, and it, it, it just intrigued me. Thank you for sending me that. You're very welcome. Thank you for telling me what I sent you. <laughs> I mean, this is good. Now I have to go back and, and find it and listen to it for myself. Uh, it was um, Dimension X. It huh? was June or July, I think, 1950. Somewhere in the 50s. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Dennis. All right. All right. Now, I've got a bunch of questions here, and then we have to go to the interview because I have to be up at 7 o'clock. I know. Patricia's making the sacrifice. <sighs> Patricia has been short-sleeped for, <laughs> for several days here, and I'm starting to feel it now. Did I give you – I seem to recall that I gave you a Stump Walden question that asked which was the first coast-to-coast -coast amateur talent show? Um, I guess I didn't. No. You haven't done that one yet for me. I haven't done that one yet. Looks like I chopped off half of my answer. But okay, well, in that case, Walden, which was the first coast-to-coast -coast amateur talent show? Was it Major Bose? It was not. Major Bose came after, and very shortly after, the National Amateur Night which okay. aired from December 1934 to December 1936. And Major Bose, according to John Dunning, mm -hmm. anyway, came just a little bit later than that. Major, did Major Bose start in a local, as a local program and then expand? Um, I, I don't know. Where, yeah, I'm trying to think if it was. I, he, was a, he was one of the three owners of... The famous um, movie palace in New York, and I think I think it went national, but it might start local. But I thought it was, I thought it was national right off the bat. Mm. I have to go squirreling around. I, I had a hard time cross-referencing those two shows. There's a whole lineup on Major Bowes in, in the Radio Stars book, so maybe next I'll, weekend. I'll check that. Yeah. I, I went back and forth between the National Amateur Night and the Major Bowes Original Amateur. Yeah, now, it's just, now you start talking, I think, I think, yes, there was a competition between, now I'm trying to click my main, I need to, if you look on the air, Dunning explains the history between those two shows. I think Major Bowes worked on that show and decided to start his own. And, and it was something like that. There was some competition between uh -huh. those two. But they launched apparently very close together. I'm looking at this and thinking, I, I, as I say, I had trouble cross-referencing it because it looked like the dates crashed into each other. Uh -huh. But he unequivocally said National Amateur Night was the first coast-to-coast -coast amateur talent show. Mm -hmm. And I tried to cross-reference them, and I, I just got all messed up. But it looked like they started almost within weeks of each other. Yeah, that's probably true. So that that would just so it, you know both of them could have started in December of 1934. Right, and, just, and I think they were on separate networks. 
Uh-huh. And I think they were mining on a separate local radio station before they went that good. They, I think they both based out of New York. Well, that sounds logical. Mm-hmm. That sounds logical, but if you look at the, I don't know if you have time, and maybe you should, if you do have free time this week, you might want to <laughs> read, read up on the history major about in Danny's book. It's a fascinating read how, how people around the country sat in line to try to get, in, in, to do, get the audition for this show. It was amazing. It was. I read it about a year ago, yeah. and it was a segment of that book that was a page-turner. Yeah. I just couldn't stop. It was so interesting, the yeah. evolution of that show yeah. and the popularity. People people would have hurt their grandmothers to get on a train to get in front of uh-huh. them. Oh, yeah. really amazing. All right, you want a baseball question? Of course. All right, we've got a baseball quote. Are you ready? Ready. You're ready. Okay. Who said, anybody who's ever had the privilege of seeing me play knows that I am the greatest pitcher in the world. <laughs> Humility, humility, too. He, he was humble. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, would that might have been Grover Cleveland? No, this is, a, this is baseball. Yeah, I know, but it was a pitcher named Grover Cleveland. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't Grover Cleveland. Wasn't Grover Cleveland? And then you're going to tell me whether or not this guy was married and how long it yeah, lasted. Yeah, you know that. You know that. Um, hmm, hmm. You know, I, I can't imagine living with this guy if he got married. It didn't last very long. Yeah, he, 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 he was fun for his wife, wasn't he? Um, oh. I don't know. Who is it? Oh, it's Dizzy Dean. Really? Can you imagine? I thought. Oh, he was known for great quotes. I never knew that he was that. That's a, that's a funny... Well, according to this, uh, and it's a baseball yeah. history and baseball almanac yeah. site that I've been getting this information from, yeah. so I'll, I'll have to believe oh, yeah. that it's it's a credible quote. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, it just kind of took my breath away. The Gas House Gang of St. Louis was sort of a crazy bunch in the 30s that was St. Louis Cardinals baseball teams, and Dizzy and Daffy Dean were the two starting pitchers of that team. Oh... Goofy um, team. He represented them well. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, we have we have um, a presidential history question, and I love this one. Ready? Calvin Coolidge. Yes. Had a very unusual pet. What was it? He had a very unusual tent. Pet, uh, like a, a not a dog or a cat, but a pet. Oh, pet, pet. Yeah, pet. Sorry, you know it didn't. Uh, a skunk? More unusual. Really unusual. A chimpanzee? A pygmy hippopotamus. Oh, gee. <laughs> Can you imagine? And, you know, if our president ever did this today, we, we would visit him. Uh-huh. In a place where they served breakfast uh, and dinner uh-huh. and didn't have visitors too often. He had, the, the, the hippopotamus's name was Billy. Billy, a pygmy hippopotamus, six dogs, a bobcat, a goose, a donkey, a cat, two lion cubs, an antelope, and a wallaby. A wallaby? A wallaby. Whatever that is. Oh, it's like a little kangaroo. Ah. Now, I want to know 
Who was on the cleanup team here? Well, do you think he did it? I don't think so. They put the hippopotamus in the pool. It just—I mean, our presidential history, this country, is just full of these little goodies. And if it ever happened today, they—they they wouldn't get into office. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people who—somebody who has this kind of a mindset that a baby hippopotamus or a pygmy hippopotamus is a good pet. Oh man. And two lion cubs on top of it. Good grief. Yeah. Good grief. Oh. Well, I've got a brain teaser for you. Okay. I'll save the fruitcake history for next week. Okay. All right. One question. Let me think. I knew the answer to this one, and I didn't write it down. Hold on. What question can a person ask all day long get any different? Oh, I, yeah, I did. I did. I had the answer to this. Okay. What question can a person ask all day long and get a different answer each time and all of the answers are correct? What? What? What question can a person ask all day long? I, I, I'm giving you the, the answer. Is what? <laughs> oh, very good. That's not the answer. I thought you were asking me. What? 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 <laughs> I joke of it, but I feel like sometimes that's what Patricia does to me. So oh, that's me. one of her little routines with me. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think it fits. I, 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 I think it qualifies. I, I agree. <laughs> You look for some, I think you look for something else. I, I'm looking for something else. I mean, you, know, you would be next to Calvin Coolidge if you walked through life saying what? <laughs> what? 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 You and the pygmy hippopotamus. What? This is a legitimate question, and it will not get you committed. <laughs> what? Okay, read, read, read the question again. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? All right. Okay. You want to think about it or you want me to tell you? I want you to read it to me again, the question. Okay. What question can a person ask all day long and get a different answer each time and every answer will be correct? What time is dinner? What time is it? Perfect. I, you Perfect. You were right on target. Perfect. What time is dinner? You, you got food on the brain again. I know. What time is it? Perfect. Very good. Perfect. All right. You get a 75%. On. All right. I like that. Yes, it's a passing grade. It's not 100. That's okay. Great. Long as teacher will pass me through the next weekend, I'm safe. Yes, we can go to the next weekend. All right. Well, Patricia's got this sleep deprivation problem this week. She sure is. She, she is amazing. She has been running on... Empty. On the, in the sleep department, and tomorrow is my last challenge, but I do have to be up in and running in four hours. I know, and you and stay longer than I thought. That I also I have to be down and sleeping. I know. So, who's this? Who's this?
Let's, let's go ahead and answer our last call. Hello there, you're on the air with the Sleepy Princess. Yes, uh, yes, is this the, the fruitcake caper? <laughs> the fruitcake caper. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, okay, well, I just wanted to, this is Dawn, I just wanted to call and wish you both Merry Christmas before you, before Patricia started snoring on the radio. Ah, uh, see, see, Don, see, Don, yep. made it, made just in time. Yeah, so, anyway, and uh, and also before it was not Christmas in California anymore. I know, we got ten I minutes to go. Nine minutes yeah. here. I know, I know. Uh, was your day okay, Don? Everything turned out good? Yeah, I ate too much. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah. That's a good sign. What I thought. It's a great Christmas. Yeah, that's right. Great Christmas when you say, ah, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you too. And your fruitcake. And my fruitcake. <laughs> and, and my cake, you fruit. <laughs> we are we are doing well here. Oh, yeah. My fruitcake. Boy, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to open... Eat the, she wants to go to eat the fruitcake, Walden. She's not going to go to sleep. I know, I know. Poor thing, oh. gonna, if, she, if, she, if we don't turn off the bed, she's going to take the fruitcake to bed with her if we wa don't watch it. <laughs> a sticky sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't make a very good pillow. That I know. No, no. It'd, be, it'd be better than what my mom, my mom used to do. When my my mom, I remember the kid used to eat salt king crackers in bed with my dad. My poor dad. Can you imagine sleeping on salt king crackers? Oh well. Oh gee, boy, oh, oh boy. Love, true love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've done my damage. I just wanted to wish you. Uh, well, thank you. Merry Christmas. In here, Don. We'll talk to you next weekend. All right, sounds Eight good. Minutes. Tick, 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 we are going to listen to an interview that Walden and I did on the 21st, which was this past Wednesday, with Marcel Brignay, who was born and grew up in France. And we asked him to give us some information about his background, about growing up in France, the kinds of customs and foods and traditions that he grew up with, and we had an absolutely delightful time. So Walden is going to play that interview for us. I am going to be back with Walden on Friday, if he'll let me come out and play. If he comes out with me, you bet. And the request for this week is have a good week, be safe, and thank you for being with us. Love you. Love you, guy. Here we go. Hi, everybody. I'm Wong Hughes, and hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. Hi, everybody. We are recording this show. It's December 21st, so when you listen to it, it will sound like we're really here. We're recording it so you can't make phone calls and get through to our special guest today. That way Patricia can go to bed. <laughs> right, before 10 o'clock in the morning. We thought this year it would be a special treat if we were able to talk with people who grew up in other areas of the world to talk with us about customs and traditions. And today we have Marcel Brignet, who is chef-owner of Colors Gourmet Pizza in the San Diego area of California. Vegetables, 
over then chop them and then use that as a ratatouille so instead of being just a ratatouille sauteed you can have a grilled ratatouille so i was offering them to instead of just serving dinner if you have some people interested i can also spend a few hours and we can do things together part of the cooking part of maybe uh cocktail making cocktails uh, and have many years of bartending so i said it would be fun to to do some you know something different yeah old cocktail like the i mean when is the last time you heard about a sidecar or a grasshopper or, uh-huh. or a pink lady or or gin fizz uh if you ask uh, for jinxies today uh, the young lady the young man with the ponytail is looking at you funny and says what is that yes, the party's in the next room sir. yeah I, I, i don't have a ponytail but i know how to make a jinxies <laughs> right. that's funny did they did they accept or are they going to do this yeah 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 i love this so did, 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 I'm, i'm overstaying my welcome here we've kept you forever um in France, did people come together and prepare meals as a group? I would say probably the younger generation, yes, but I don't think for older generation because I think in France people are very protective ah, okay. of your kitchen. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't really see someone, I mean maybe if they are sisters, maybe if they are childhood friend or or something but otherwise i think this is my kitchen and, uh, yeah I, i don't really see if, uh, that's a good question i, I never really thought too much about it uh-huh. there's a there's a story i mean it's not a french story but it could be any any story is the 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 that young lady newly wed and for the first time she does uh, uh not thanksgiving but she does a uh, a dinner maybe let's let's say christmas for example and she does a, a, a leg of lamb and so she gets a nice leg of lamb you know from the butcher and she cuts the top the, the bone like the first four inches and she 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 either had the butcher cut it or whatever so a uh, new husband said why are you doing, doing that say, oh that's the way my mother always been do, uh, uh, cooking the rack of lamb uh, roasting always she take that part uh, out uh, okay okay so every year they make that uh, leg of lamb and every year she does that and 10 years later for the first time her mother is at that dinner and so she does the same thing and the mother say well, why are you doing that why are you taking that part of the lamb and she say well that's how you taught me that's what you were you did all your life and say oh yeah i was doing that because my dish was too small <laughs> no matter what it was it got passed down from generation yeah. to generation but i understand the proprietary part you know people develop their own family recipes and they're, they're very protective of it even today yeah well for me it's a bit different i i cook make the mess and then they clean us Oh, and I okay. sit outside with the guys. All well, right. Well, some of the guys have to do the dishes too. It, it sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds fair to me. Marcial, I have finished my questions. By the way, for our listeners, we're talking with Marcial Brickney from, um, I, I have this to hear, but it's actually the San Diego area in California. And we've been talking about traditions, holiday traditions in France where he was born and grew up. So I have reached the end of my questions, which means my final query to you is, what should I have asked you that I didn't? 
Nothing comes to mind. Uh, when I'm sitting, I have a, uh, a big clock looking at me saying five past five. So my question for myself now is I can either continue speaking about France and then I will spend Christmas by myself <laughs> because I need to go to the airport pick up my family. So I can either say goodbye <laughs> and then I will have you know people to spend Christmas with or stay and continue talking and then... I think I've been summoned. <laughs> that is our signal to say good night and um, to thank you so much for spending so much time with us. My pleasure. Thank I, you. I had no intention of overstaying our welcome like this, but I'm so delighted that you did this for us. Well, thank you very much for thinking of, of me. But I'm, 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 I'm glad you thought of that. And well done. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Thanks. Uh, nice and Patricia will continue bringing the world of uh, pizza <laughs> to the rest of the world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you very, very, very good. much. Merry Christmas, Marcel. Thank you again. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We did it, everybody. Merry Christmas. Monday morning. What is this? Uh... 18 before 2 in the morning, West Coast time, Monday, December 26th. I'll take it back to the R making system. Bill should join you tonight, oh, Roy. Merry Christmas, everybody. Love you all. It's time to wind the Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night it seemed to be right just being with him. Now you must wake up. All dreams must end. Take off your makeup. The party is over.
65, and then he couldn't make the jump, so he had to get out of show business anyway. <laughs> but I... Uh, <laughs> but now they're blossoming much quicker. It's going to be wonderful when... All- 